Radio app? We are WRKN, 106.1 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicades, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Rigo, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk sports in substantive fashion with informed guests. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now, here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access. This is the midweek edition, Wednesday night, here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM, on the web at nashfm1061.com. Our tune-in app available for you anywhere in the world to listen in via iHeart. Of course, you can always get us at home via Alexa. Just tell her to play WRKN. Email me, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Check out the podcast following the show through CrescentCitySports.com and click on podcast on the left-hand column. And, of course, you can call in at 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. We'll get into the Saints later in the show and get you updated on the injury report. Derek Carr not calling himself out just yet. Stay tuned. We'll tell you about that and more. And we'll also talk about Tulane football with Chrissy Freud of CrescentCitySports.com later in the show. We'll talk about LSU football coming up for a few minutes as well. But first, we'll do that with our current guest who we're going to talk first about the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame with because today the class of 2024 was announced and it's a really good one and it's a pleasure to welcome a good and great friend, the executive director of the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame among many ventures, our friend Ronnie Rance. Ronnie, good evening. How are you? Thanks for having me, Kenny. Always a pleasure. And, of course, just talking about the release today, and it's pretty special, obviously, starting with Drew Brees, uh, who clearly is you know, as big a name as you're going to find anytime, anywhere. Uh, Simone Augustus, who's got an incredible resume to speak of and has already been memorialized on many fronts, including at LSU. Daniel Cormier, who's been unbelievable in his field in mixed martial arts, is another, of course, you know, Kevin Jackson, who was a great wrestler, I knew very well. Perry Clark, terrific basketball coach at Tulane. Uh, Kerry Joseph, uh, a friend of mine and a guy that, you know, played professionally for many years, especially in Canada. Uh, Wilbert Ellis of Grambling, another wonderful guy who made his name. And Frank Monica, who clearly is a great high school coach, one of the best ever. Ray Seville, Breeders' Cup, running jockey. And this is a great class, just First and foremost, your thoughts about this particular group? Well, I say I feel like a broken record, Kenny, when I say it every year. But but being the CEO of the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame Foundation um, is a super easy job from the standpoint of being a part of the forty-person selection committee because 
there's so much there's so much talent there's so many well-deserved people now the hard part is you know saying okay this is the class and those others are going to have to wait a while but there's just such a tremendous diversity in the state of louisiana of uh whether it be coaches or players and you know people get caught up in football baseball basketball and i say it every year i mean you mentioned like a race seville a guy was a 35-year jockey, won over 4,000 races. He was literally the national jockey of the year, voted on by his peers one year. You got, you see, you're honoring not only jockeys, but in, in, you know, you're honoring college baseball coaches. You're honoring, you know, wrestlers and MMA fighters. Yeah, we're going to have the Drew Breeses of the world and the Simone Augustus of the world, who are arguably two of the greatest athletes ever in the state of Louisiana. But I, I love shining the spotlight on those others that maybe folks don't necessarily know right away. And and listen, I think the preponderance of these names, people do know. But when you get into a couple of those, maybe a little bit more obscure. First of all, horse racing, uh, not as prominent amongst many, although it's a, it's hot in the Lafayette area. It's hot in Vinton, hot in New Orleans, hot in Shreveport. Race of Bill is a great jockey. And then, of course, when you, you're talking about, you know, a guy that, again, comes from grambling, maybe not as much recognition or knowledge of a person from that ilk as well. So I think that's probably, you know, the kind of individuals you're speaking of. Yeah, and, you know, one, a couple of coaches that obviously you're very familiar with, and, you know, Frank Monica, there's nobody more deserving, three state championships, three different high schools, and just a legendary career, a gentleman of a man. But, but Perry Clark is an interesting name. You know, Perry Clark in the 90s was the golden boy Tulane basketball and what he did taking that program in 1989 till 2000 and took him from the you know the trash heap of of college basketball coming off of a death penalty and then to go to three NCAA tournaments in four years and make and to just show you how his greatness Tulane hasn't been since and so he was a guy that it's taken a few years to get Perry Clark into the Hall of Fame been a lot of discussion about him but in my mind super deserving of uh, especially when you know the totality of the story no doubt look we were blessed here in new orleans you know we had tim floyd and perry clark going at it at the same time and both had their programs at extremely high levels and that was really a, a heyday of sorts in this town for college basketball because both programs were really at a very high level and both went to ncaa tournaments more than once so very good and perry is a friend and great guy so obviously very deserving as well. Every year this happens, of course, and the 2024 celebration uh, will come up at a specific time. You ready to divulge the information about when and where and how? Yeah, well, we'll it'll be probably uh, May or June. We're working on some final details with our Hall of Famers. Uh, traditionally, it's always the last weekend in June, but we have had exceptions like this past year where we moved it um, to the last week of July. Um, so I will say I know it'll be in May or June. We're just finalizing those details and hopefully we'll know sooner rather than later and for people that want to know about that and how and why it's real simple it's all about accommodating honorees mm -hmm. bottom line is you want the honorees to be present and obviously i'm involved in halls of fame and and dealing with that and understand fully what you're dealing with and and what you must have to deal with on an annual basis so for those that ask the question it's real simple you know it's not uniform it's all about you've got to find the proper time to be able to accommodate the people necessary because the impact and the effect of those folks being on hand is extreme. So there's that. We'll get that disclaimer out of the way because I think that's extremely important to point out. You know, for folks that have never been to the Hall of Fame in Natchitoches, which I have, 
Uh, it's a treasure. It's something really nice to see right on the river, and it's a wonderful historic area. And the museum itself is excellent, and I know that you share those sentiments and would encourage people to get there. Yeah, it's open Tuesday through Saturday in Natchitoches, about three and a half hour jaunt from from New Orleans. And I, you know, if you're looking for an excuse to go outside of Hall of Fame induction weekend, I urge you to go during the you know uh, the holidays. If you go any time from the first weekend before Thanksgiving to the beginning of the first of the year, you're going to go during the Christmas festival time of the year, where the whole city, the downtown area is lit up like the North Pole. You got Santa's down there. You know, it's it's so it's literally a winter wonderland of sorts. And so that would urge you to go that time of the year if you can't make the Hall of Fame induction weekend uh, events. And, uh, and and the museum itself is open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 4.30 p.m., and definitely worth the visit. No doubt. Look, it's a great class. Uh, the museum is outstanding. And we'll look forward to the dates when they're announced and the complete class as well. All right, Ronnie, so LSU football, it, I'm not sure – uh, just who this team is yet, I think they're pretty good. I, I just don't know if they're real good. They're real good on offense. They're, uh, I guess, defensively moderate would be the right word. Kicking game's better this year than it's been, which is a good thing. But again, you know, they were you know, three-score favorites and all against Arkansas and barely survived against a team that lost to BYU at home. So couldn't have been too thrilled about that, although thrilled with the victory. I think that would be the right way to approach it, right? Well, I, I think you and I both are in agreement. They're, they're a good team. Um, I don't believe they're really good. Uh, but the good news, <laughs> using that word a lot, for the, the entire college football landscape is that who is really good? Mm-hmm. Um, are there four teams that are really good? And the answer is probably not this year. Um, it is as wide open a race as there probably ever has been. Now, Georgia is still the leader in the clubhouse. They're two-time national champs. There's they're not doing anything necessarily to you know to, to not be the favorite. Although it's funny, they win by ten over South Carolina, for and, and people act like, oh, what's wrong with the Georgia Bulldogs? You know, um, and so uh, Georgia's still the best team in the country, in my opinion. But but the other two, three, four, but they don't seem unbeatable. You know, with a new quarterback, and they don't seem like you just can't compete with them, and that like you could in the last couple of years. So. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun rest of the year. Um, LSU's defense is a problem. Uh, that secondary is a problem. They're still figuring it out. Um, they're going to be chested tremendously. The over-under on this game is now 67.5. It was 63.5 just a couple of days ago. It has jumped up that much. It's expected to be a high-scoring game against Ole Miss on Saturday at 5 o'clock in, in Oxford. Um, and I think that's large in part to the fact that people have dug in on this defense and they just don't think LSU is going to be able to stop Ole Miss offensively. It's going to be a shootout, most likely. Yeah, it's interesting because I, of course, saw Tulane and, and Ole Miss, and uh, Tulane's defense is really good. And they really mm-hmm. did They really did shut Ole Miss down. Uh, Ole Miss you know, couldn't run the ball on Tulane, and Ole Miss was 1 for 13 on third down against Tulane. Tulane's problem was they didn't have their quarterback, and it right. absolutely, did absolutely nothing in the second half. And and it's a one-score game with two minutes left, and they, you know, they, they turned the ball over for a touchdown, and defense finally gave something up. But bottom line is, Tulane's defense, at least from what I've seen, is better than LSU's. LSU's offense, though, is exceptional, so they've got a chance to beat everybody because their offense is so good, but they can't have a half like they had against Arkansas mm-hmm. against better teams and expect to win. That isn't going to happen. 
Yeah, no question. Uh, that was, it, you know, and that's we've seen that now twice this year. We've seen the second half against Florida State, where the offense, after you know having success in the first half, moving the football, just couldn't punch it in in the in the red zone. A couple, you know, had a few missed opportunities there, but they moved the ball up and down the field against Florida State in the first half, and then disappeared in the second half. And it was the exact reversal this week against Arkansas, where the offense and Jaden Daniels in particular looked off his game and didn't look like it was going to be his night, but then went into the halftime, came out in the second half, and was sensational. So, um, you know, you, you know, this, yeah, you're right. This defense is not the type of defense where that can happen. And you know, is Ole Miss a good team? I think they're. I think they're a lot like LSU. They're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. They're not as good as I think we thought they would be. Um, our Alabama showed that. Uh, and again, Alabama. Good team, probably not as bad as we thought. You know, uh, the bad news for LSU—they're going to be playing Alabama a month, a month plus from now, and it, that's a team that you can see is going to get better and better and better. And, and unfortunately, LSU is probably going to catch them at their best. But um, it's a wild—it's a wild year. It's a fun year. I, I made a policy, Kenny. I always like to put a little coin on on a game, but this year I decided. I'm not going to bet on any LSU games or any Saints games whatsoever um, <laughs> so that I can just enjoy it. And yep. I'm glad I did that because the first game at Saints win 16-15, nah, you didn't cover. This past game, you blow up, uh, you know, you, you, you worry about the spread and all that. It, 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 it's much more enjoyable. I, I, I have much better time going to the LSU game this past week and the Tigers winning on a field goal late and not worrying about the 18-point spread that I did all the people that were sitting around me. Look, I, I thought they could have handled the time situation a little better, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the game, but it worked out just fine. They did have to kick the ball off. They shouldn't have had to do that if you'd have played it right, but right. They, only had, they only had the one play after that. You just didn't want to give them a puncher's chance. Uh, that said, when they needed the drive, they got it. Malik Neighbors, it's hard to imagine anyone playing better than he is in the country. At his position, Jaden Daniels, you'd put in the same category right now. The other receivers are good. And, look, they would not have beaten Florida State had Logan Diggs been healthy, but Logan Diggs makes a huge difference. He's, he's a real strong, good SEC running back who not only is a good runner, he can catch the ball, and he's by far their best pass protector as a running back. And people keep asking, man, why don't they play him all the time and give him 20 carries? Uh, look, he got 14 the other day. He's a starter and he's a finisher, and maybe that's what they continue to intend to do and, and use three, four guys. But it, it's clear he would be that guy. And then, of course, Caleb Jackson has a great future, just not there for pass protection and, and in the passing game yet. But, boy, what a talented runner he's going to be. You know, Josh Williams, a change of pace guy, but, you know, not an every-down guy. And, you know, Noah Kane does what you ask him to do. But bottom line is they've got a guy now that, you know, they, they really didn't have last year in, in Logan Diggs. Yeah, and I, I think you're going to probably see them. And, look, we've seen this problem with LSU in the past. They they usually have a full running back room, and then at some point the cream rises to the top. They establish who that horse is, and they feed them. And I would think that you're going to see that out of Diggs the rest of the year. Um, offensively, too, it was nice to see Brian Thomas have a breakout game yes. this past weekend. You know, a guy who was a, uh, uh, you know, from Walker High School. His dad played at LSU years ago. And he's a big target. He's a big body, physical receiver. Clearly, you're going to have to have other people 
uh, you know, step up because Malik Neighbors is just going to draw so much attention. I'm sure he's going to be doubled uh, the rest of the year. He's, he's that good. And Brian Thomas had a big old game that, that hopefully now will, you know, give Daniels uh, some confidence to throw it to other people. Mason Taylor's really talented. He's obviously not totally healthy yet, though, because that would mm-hmm. make a big difference. This guy's good. And when he didn't play, uh, it was obvious the youngsters weren't ready. And Mason is nowhere near 100%. But, again, when this guy's right, man, they have a lot of weapons. And he is a dangerous player. The, the good news is is that, you know, if you hope that if, if Taylor gets healthier and – you know, the secondary gets some experience, and they figure out how to, you know, where, how, what's the best way to use Perkins at linebacker. You know, we clearly we know playing him in the middle of the field and dropping him in coverage and letting everything be underneath him, and being a, that's not his strong suit. But you got to be creative with how you, how you use him. And so hopefully this offense can just buy enough time for this defense to find its sea legs as the season, uh, you know, goes on. It's interesting because, you know, Perkins was more involved. That said, had he not roughed the passer in that game, that game would have been over a lot earlier the other night. Right. And that was obviously a huge play in that game. So, look, I think we're in agreement. I think this is a good team. It's not a, it's not a very good team or a, an elite team. Can it be? Well, I think there's a chance because of what you stated at the start, which is, this is not a year where you have great teams. I saw Notre Dame and Ohio State. Those are good teams. Right. But I wouldn't call them great. Uh, Georgia hasn't looked great yet, but defensively, they're still Georgia. And, you know, their offense will do enough, and they're still the team to beat. Michigan's good, but are they very good, or are they still the team that TCU beat last year? And USC, we know what Caleb Williams in. We know how good their offense is, but – are they still the team that Tulane beat last year? Because right. their defense still isn't good enough. I mean, I'm just going down the list here, trying to figure it out. Tennessee spit the bit against Florida. Utah's a, a good team, but nothing special. And, again, I, I'm just like you. I'm scuffling to find that team. Florida State is good, but they were lucky to escape. Clemson misses a field goal that you make 80%, 90% of the time. Or, or they and they lose. were fortunate to beat Boston College, too. Very much so. Very much so. Mm-hmm. My, my feeling about that is simple. Florida State's that talented. They really are. But Florida State was 1 million percent in on LSU. That was everything to them, and it showed. And they mm-hmm. outplayed LSU. They outcoached LSU in the second half because you said it earlier. LSU had 300 yards in the first half, and they left points on the field left and right in that first half. If they kick field goals in that game – and they have a two-score lead going to halftime, then I think it might be a little bit different. But it wasn't, and they elected to do what they did, and, and we move on. And then that gets back to what we said about Diggs. If you got those fourth and one and fourth and one and a half or two situations, if you had Diggs that first week, that's where he probably figures in. But they didn't have him. So different animal. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned a lot of teams there, and they all have flaws. You know, yes. there, there's not, they're, they're not those dominant. You know, Alabama is a team that, um, you know, get beat at home by Texas. They, I could totally see Alabama though going eleven and one, and, yeah. and making it to Atlanta, right? So, yeah. but nobody thinks that this is a great uh, Alabama team. So, um, but their their defense is so good, and their the rest of the league. You look around; they're going to be favored every game they play. So, so you know, I, I again, I think that that there's 
everybody has their flaws. Some teams are good on offense, like USC, but not great on defense. And, and I think that's the case for everybody this year, not named Georgia, uh, that you've got major questions about. And, and, and so it, it, you, you, you know, can LSU go 10 and 2? Um, and the answer is yeah. I think LSU can go 10 and 2. We wanted them to go. We want them to go twelve and zero. But if LSU mm-hmm. goes ten and two, like, I mean, does anybody have a problem with that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> not so, in the least. Like, not in the least. I think we all felt very strongly that three years would be that time element where Brian Kelly would have this team contending for national mm-hmm. honors. I think they're right on track for that. I think yeah. they're they're another very good recruiting class away from being that because yes. They will not have Jaden Daniels next year, but Garrett Nussmeyer is a good player, and he'll be ready to step in. And if they keep recruiting the way they're recruiting, then certainly I think they can be there next year. But clearly, the focus needs to be on defense. And you know, if you're going to you know be very active in the transfer portal, you got to hit. You know, so far yeah. Aaron Aaron Anderson's been a mixed bag. The guys in the secondary have been a mixed bag. You know, Logan Diggs is a plus. That's obvious. You know, and and obviously you've got one or two others that have contributed, but you've got to hit that transfer portal. When I mean hit it, you not only have to hit it, but you have to hit with your picks too. And I haven't seen that to the nth degree for LSU, which it's is what's kept. two years which, in a row that they have not hit in the transfer portal in the secondary. And that's, that's, that's right. That's surprising and disappointing. And when you talk about Anderson, it's just, it's amazing, isn't it? How tough it is to catch punts. You know, I mean, there's a guy you want the ball in his hands. He 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 is trending holiday to a to a little bit to extent in my mind. You know, put that foot mm-hmm. in the ground, one cut, two cuts gone. Right. But you got to catch it first, and it's just obviously so much harder to do than we realize. Yeah, they don't have the confidence in him to do it, and kickoff's mm-hmm. not there either. And he's been a a very minor player when it was thought he'd be a very a very prolific player for them. And of course, I did a bunch of his high school games, so. He's an electric guy. Nobody could tackle him and nobody could catch him in high school. But this isn't high school. So yep. we shall see. And, and, again, I think they need to do a better job in that. I think they're recruiting freshmen very well. I don't think they're doing the transfer portal as well as others are. That's, that's what I see at this point. So evaluation, yep. no, availability, and go get it. And I think that's kind of where Brian Kelly's LSU program is right now. Well, the transfer portal is how – Schools are going to live and die by. Um, I know we judge recruiting classes with stars and all that, and that's all fun to do. But the reality is, is that recruiting classes take two or three years, you know, to, to show are they worthy of that ranking. Transfer portals can have an effect right now; they're immediate. So um, it's definitely a mix of both, and the big time programs can have the ability to have a mix of both, but. LSU, as good as their transfer portal players looked on paper, the last two years have not been um, as good as other teams at the top, and, and, that, and that has kept them from, I think, breaking through that glass ceiling. No question about it. He's Ronnie Rance, Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Of course, outstanding journalist as well. Great podcast from my friend Tommy Chrysan. Uh, go to Twitter, follow him at sports underscore shorts or X, whatever you want to call it. Of course, at Facebook, you can follow him at Ronnie Rance. It's all good, and check out the podcast, too. You'll enjoy it. Ronnie, listen, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on the class announced today, and nothing but success moving forward, my friend. All right, Kenny, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Ronnie Rance. All right, we'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061.
When we return, we'll talk about the Saints later in the show. But up next, the latest on Tulane getting ready for American Conference play. We'll talk to Chrissy Freud of CrescentCitySports.com when we continue with All Access for a Wednesday night right here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for life. 1061 Nash Icon. I just turned 40, and life is busier than ever. My daughter is heading off to college next year. We're in the process of renovating our kitchen. And with my brother leaving town, I'm checking on my parents more often. It wasn't until my best friend suddenly lost her husband, and seeing that firsthand made me realize how important life insurance is. So I asked her who she worked with, and she told me Select Quote. I called Select Quote the next day, and a licensed insurance agent found me a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $16 a month. With coverage and a price like that, I finally have peace of mind, even amidst the craziness of life. Whether you need a $100,000 policy or a $10 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. Call SelectQuote at 1-800-350-1313. That's 1-800-350-1313. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-350-1313. Details on example rate at selectquote.com. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, switching to MediShare can save you even more than usual on top of what you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. And so many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, especially given how inflation is affecting us. MediShare is the affordable reliable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves about $500 a month. You might save even more. And MediShare is a Christian community that's been sharing each other's healthcare costs for 30 years now, and they're making it easier than ever. Apply by October 31st, and you could save an additional $150 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. And maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have, and start saving. Here's the number. It's 855-51-BIBLE. You can call now. 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. And paid for by Linear Marketing Group. Are you drowning in debt? Are you struggling to make minimum payments? Did you know that on average, a household with at least one credit card struggles with over 17,000 in credit card debt? If this sounds like you, know that it's not your fault. Credit card debt happens to good people. Credit card companies lure you in with low introductory rates and low minimum payments. Before you know it, you're in over your head. We've helped thousands of good people just like you become debt-free with our Debt Reset Program that will dramatically reduce your debt down to a fraction of what you owe. Our Debt Reset Program is customized to get you debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months with one low monthly payment. If you owe over $10,000 in credit card debt or even personal loans, call 800-278-0630 now. There are no upfront fees or out-of-pocket expenses. You don't pay a dime until we succeed. Call now to see how the Debt Reset Program can work for you. 800-278-0630. That's 800-278-0630. Again, 800-278-0630. Is it just me, or is it always a struggle to take a good family pic? Between getting everyone to smile and finding the right outfits, it's not easy. Luckily, I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale and got 20% off styles that are perfect for our upcoming photos. And the rest of fall, too. I got myself a flannel for $27.99, my daughter jeans for $24.99, and more, which put a smile on my face. 
Now to get one on everyone else's. Select styles. Offer ends October 1st. Some exclusions apply. See store or calls.com for details. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Taco Bell's rolled chicken tacos are full of shredded, marinated, all-white meat chicken. Choose from three dipping sauces, spicy ranch, nacho cheese sauce, and house-made guacamole. Order on the Taco Bell app. Get one dip per two-pack, two dips per four-pack at participating Taco Bell stores for a limited time only, while supplies last. Okay, work in an accident, eastbound I-10 between the 55 merge and I-310, 21 minutes along the stretch from Kennedy to downtown, slow traffic, St. Charles Parish area, uh, between 310 and Power Boulevard right now. Eastbound I-10 Spillway, Laplace to Kenner is 37 minutes. Uh, again, dealing with that accident, I-10 East after the 55 merge. Uh, seeing a little bit of slow traffic, westbound I-10, read to the flyover, running about 10 minutes. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Calling all listeners, what's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Tulane, ready to venture into American Athletic Conference play. It's a matinee on Saturday at Yeoman Stadium Hall of Fame game. It's 11 a.m. against UAB coming to town, hopefully Another full house to support this football team that's 3-1 and one right now and looking good for another double-digit win season. Joining us to talk about the Green Wave, our good and great cohort from CrescentCitySports.com, Chrissy Freud. Chrissy, always a pleasure. Welcome. And I guess we'll start with, you know, this past weekend. It's kind of ho-hum, uh, not the best performance, a little bit uneven, but almost expected. The good news was Michael Pratt returned and knocked off some of the rust. He wasn't as sharp as he's been or can be, but the fact that he got back out there and could play and knocked off some rust, I think is a good thing getting ready for conference play. Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, it definitely gave Tulane a boost to have him back in the fold. I think that Kai Horton has a really high ceiling, and he's had some good moments, but the only thing that we kind of saw on the stretch there where he didn't field or Michael was out those two games is kind of, a lack of consistency. Um, it started to get better in this in the second game, and obviously Ole Miss is a very tough opponent, t- the toughest opponent that Tulane had on the schedule. But I think that whenever Michael came back, there were there were a few passes there that were underthrown. There were a little bit of th- just things that weren't quite like him. And I think one thing that I noticed is that it seemed like he wasn't quite at full capacity. Um, he had the knee injury, and I think that there were a lot of rumors going around that he might be out for potentially three to five weeks, and he came back pretty much right at the three-week mark. And then uh, we heard also um, from, from Willie Fritz that they were strongly considering letting him play against Southern Miss, so I think he recovered ahead of time. But I still think that uh, that there was still some recovery to be done, so I think it's going to be interesting just to, as that solidifies, he's still wearing the brace and everything, um, him getting back 100%, which obviously – any lower body injury is going to re- going to affect the quarterback mechanically from a lower body mechanics perspective, which is going to throw off some of that accuracy. So I think between that and the rust, that's why we saw uh, some of those uncharacteristic underthrown passes in there. By all accounts, he didn't re-aggravate it, so that's the good news. The question is how much does it hinder him moving forward, if at all. And, of course, conference play starting. Tulane's a prohibitive favorite here Saturday morning. Let's talk a little bit about 
UAB. This is a one and three football team. Uh, it's a football team that by all measures is, you know, average to mediocre at best. And uh, Tulane should be a three score favorite over this team. What do you see in UAB? What problems might they present to the Green Wave? Yeah, I mean, in week four, they were able to put up 21 points. So was they, uh, UAB is coming off of one of its better performances, but all things considered, um, I mean, this is a team that's allowed 40 or more to every, every FBS team that it's played this season, which tells you that this could be an explosive game for Tulane um, offensively, especially given just how solid the team is on offense overall. The way the passing attack has really come to life, Michael being back, all those things uh, going together, I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game um, for Tulane and not so much for UAB because it's uh, just from my perspective, it's a team that kind of in all three phases is having some issues and has some lower-level expectations after ahead of the season. We kind of thought that maybe this would be a sneaky good team, uh, but it's it's not looking that way so far. Looking at the running back situation, this has been uh, an average bunch. Obviously, we, we knew it wasn't going to be what it was last year. It's been okay, maybe not quite as good as you hoped, at least to this point. But it certainly looks like Makai Hughes has been uh, clearly the most effective. He's He's got twice as many carries as anyone else. But if you're looking for that second guy, would you like to see more of Arnold Barnes like a lot of people have weighed in on? Yeah, I mean, that huge touchdown run that he broke out on uh, last game certainly made a statement and I think caught him a little bit more attention. Uh, we talked to Willie Fritz today, me and Gary Smith did, about this a little bit, and he said, I feel like it's, it's obviously impossible to just continuously be able to play five backs and evaluate them that way. And every single one of the individual running backs, he feels like, has done some good things, but he wants someone to stand out and to be great. And it, it, at least in his eyes, he hasn't quite had that yet. And I think it's just it's been interesting to watch just all the way around because, I mean, we talked about the two-lane running backs and everyone kind of thought it was a, a done deal, it seemed like, from the outside perspective. A lot of people seemed to think that it was going to be a shot Clayton Johnson um, getting the bulk of the carries and then it was going to be Iverson Celestine and that, that within two to three weeks that was going to be ironed out. Um, and that clearly was not the case, and it's still ongoing. So I think it's just going to be really interesting to watch how that shakes out. But, I mean, like Arnold Barnes, and then we look at uh, Makai Hughes. Those are two guys that didn't receive nearly the amount of preseason attention that uh, Clayton Johnson did. And, that, if anything, they've done better than the other ones have. Lawrence Keyes has been all that in terms of receiving core. He's got three scores and leads Tulane in receiving by a solid margin. Chris Braswell, great size, great promise. For the future, Jaquan Jackson is still the big play man of that bunch. This has been a pretty good bunch, and we, we thought it might be before the season has started, and that's turned out to be the case. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously you have Jaquan Jackson there as a veteran. He's quietly one of the best kick returners in the entire nation. Um, really a, a big special teams ace for Tulane on, on that phase of the game. And then we look at Lawrence Keyes. I mean, last year, toward the beginning of the season, I kind of expected to see a little bit more of him because we talked about kind of the potential he had transferring over from Notre Dame. Um, but I, I talked to Slay Nagel about it a little bit, and it was kind of always the plan to, to eventually push him into this role. And really you have a receiver who can do it all. I mean, he's done well on special, on special teams. Uh, they use him on a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of trick plays, a little bit of wildcat stuff going on there. But then you're seeing just how much he's also blossoming as a traditional receiver. So he's really just a jack-of-all-trades and a really just a player that could do just about anything that you ask of him. Flipping it to the defenses, I were visiting with Chrissy Freud, CrescentCitySports.com. Ten turnovers they've come up with. 
And, of course, they've gotten good pressure on a consistent basis on the quarterback, and, and that's reflected in the 15 sacks they've recorded. This defensive line, and I've watched a lot of games, I'm not saying they're better than the best defensive lines in the country, but they're as deep as any defensive line I've seen. Yeah, I think that that is definitely something that's come to light um, just now that we're almost midway through the season, which is something that I personally can't believe, to be honest with you. It always flies by. Uh, but, yeah, but I think that they've done a good job getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, looking just at players in general on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of people aren't talking about Jesus Machado ahead of the season, but this is a this is a player who's done some really good things. He's consistently leading the team in tackles for at least the past couple games. Um, and then some ball hawking going on last game, four interceptions um, from different players. I think Jarius Monroe did a good job. Cam, Cam Podesto has made some really good plays, too, another player not being talked about a lot. Uh, so I think that we're seeing uh, this defense have quite a few more stars, I guess, than they were given credit for ahead of the season. Well, the depth that they've built is amazing. I mean, you lose the two linebackers from last year. Then you lose Platt after one game this year, and Machado's just been terrific. And then, of course, you know, the transfer staff's in Tyler Grubbs. He's played really well for this team. It just tells me that they've recruited well. They've made good decisions on the players they brought in. Yeah, I think so, and I think that's kind of what everyone's question was after Tulane made that historic one and then went and won the Cotton Bowl was kind of, is this going to be a flash in the pan? Is this a one-off, or is this something that's going to consistently be maintained? And we're seeing now at this point that this is something that can be consistently maintained. I think that Tulane did a really great job on the recruiting trail, and then also I think that Willie Fritz and his staff have a really good eye for talent and kind of picking out some of these diamonds in the rough, some of these two stars, three stars that looking back on, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. there's a lot of bigger SEC teams that might look at that same player and be like, man, I wish we would have noticed that because he was just too underrated. So, yeah, I think that as long as it can keep this going, I think that they've got some continuity to build on for sure. We'll obviously talk about Memphis next week, but looking at the rest of the schedule, I think we all felt prior to the season that UTSA would be a real threat. They certainly haven't played that way. Memphis has that ability, and they're at home, and we all know about the House of Horrors that's been for Tulane. So this game, you just have to take care of business. And if you do that, then, you know, that game in Memphis the following week, that could very well be for a conference championship. It could very well be a game that could catapult you to going undefeated the rest of the way. Yeah, I think that Memphis stands out as the toughest matchup just from a historical perspective. But I think whenever we look back at um, – Tulane and Memphis, and the last time that Tulane went on the road to Memphis and stuff like that, we see, um, I mean, you can look at the all-time series and stuff like that and talk about history repeating itself. But this is a very different football team with a much higher level of talent and success than the last time that Tulane traveled to Memphis. So I'm thinking this is going to be a lot of a different story. And then before the season, I would have told you that UTSA was going to be a tougher matchup than Memphis. But I think with the way the UTSA is playing as a whole, that's probably not going to happen. So I... You have to avoid kind of a, a Southern Miss-type trap, that game that Tulane never should have lost last year as you go down the stretch. But I, 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 would, I would go ahead and say that if Tulane beats Memphis, they're, they're running the table the rest of the season. I, I think exactly the way you do. I just, having watched UTSA twice, I, I just don't think they're that good. I think Tulane's better than North Texas. They're better than Rice and East Carolina, even though they have to travel to those places and get Tulsa at home and then Florida Atlantic on the road. I think they're better than Florida Atlantic. Now, You've got to be healthy, and you've got to show up and play every week for sure. Uh, final thought, 
people are asking the question, somebody emailed this as well, asking me to address it on the show tonight, which is, what's it going to take to be ranked again for Tulane? Because there isn't that power opponent on the schedule the rest of the way. And the answer I can provide to that is probably the same one you will. Just keep winning and let it take care of itself and let other people get beaten. That's pretty much all you can do. Yeah, I've got my own opinions on the way that uh, some people rank rank in those uh, polls because I think sometimes you look at them and there's teams way higher than others that there's really no no reason that they should be. Strength of schedule is going to work against Tulane. There's no there's no doubt about that. Nothing can be done about that. Tulane can't change its opponent. So I think that if they win and they win largely, that's going to help a lot. And then whenever we look at those teams that are kind of uh, dabbling in the bottom, like 20 to 25, and then those that are receiving a high level of votes, how things shake out for those teams, it's going to be a combination of those things. All right, so final thought as we look forward to this game. I, you know, As of right now, I've got Tulane winning this game by 17. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it could be by a larger margin than that. I was thinking 20 to 30 points, but I think that there's, there's no way that this game ends up being close. I think that UAB is just greatly outmatched, and uh, expectations are set. I'm not saying they were, they were high, like super high for UAB, but still um, a little bit higher than maybe they should have been with the kind of the trend for effect. And Chris, you remind people about how they can follow you. Yeah, absolutely. Christy underscore Freud um, on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days. And then Crescent City Sports, <laughs> Sports Illustrated, USA Today Sports Media Group. That'll do it. That's pretty extensive. And for an extensive person who does a great job, Chrissy <laughs> Floyd, always a pleasure. Thank you for the time. Keep up the good work and look forward to the game on Saturday. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, Chrissy, thank you. So that's the, the whole approach to what to expect from Tulane and UAB this week no it's not a sexy schedule and no there's no power team on the schedule and no there's no ranked team remaining either you just have to go about your business and take care of it and let the chips fall where they may you can't do anything but play the games play your best show up each week and be the very best you can be and if you do that well you've done all that you can do and i think that's where Tulane's at right now and i think it's a mature team that's very capable of doing so if you'd like to join us, it's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. We'll take a time out here. When we return in just a moment, we will talk about the New Orleans Saints as we continue with All Access on this Wednesday night. I'm Ken Trahan, Rudy Dixon, our producer, and we're back in just a moment here on Nash Icon, 1061 FM, and on the web, we're at NashFM1061.com. Louisiana's 48th in police pay. 35th in teacher pay, and dead last for firefighters. That doesn't surprise you, does it? The legislature had an extra $2 billion. That's billion with a B. The blue team fought the red team, and then the red team fought the red team. They passed a budget that none of them read without permanent raises for teachers. What kind of message are we sending? It sounds like, move to Texas. We don't value you. It's embarrassing. How can we expect our children to stay, serve, and build community if we don't make our teachers, police, and firefighters a priority? I'm Hunter Lundy. I'm a Christian and an independent. I'm running for governor. Let's seize the future of family, community, and prosperity, not one of crime, poverty, and potholes. Why not? Hunter Lundy, governor. Paid for by Lundy for Louisiana. 
Every 40 seconds a child is reported missing. Find the Children is a non-profit organization dedicated to helping find missing kids. You can be a part of their mission by donating your unwanted car. Call 1-800-775-5622. You'll receive the maximum tax deduction and we provide fast, free pickup. Call 1-800-775-5622. Donate your unwanted or unused car. Call 1-800-775-5622. This advertisement was paid for by Cars R Us and Find the Children. From local town councils to Capitol Hill, agents who are realtors are standing up for what's right. We're here protecting property rights, here advocating for the issues that affect our neighborhoods, here championing fair and equitable housing for all. Because we are realtors, bound by a code of ethics, driven to serve our communities. We're here for it all, here for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Taco Bell's rolled chicken tacos are full of shredded, marinated, all-white meat chicken. Choose from three dipping sauces, spicy ranch, nacho cheese sauce, and house-made guacamole. Order on the Taco Bell app. Get one dip per two-pack, two dips per four-pack at participating Taco Bell stores for a limited time only, while supplies last. Okay, work in an accident, eastbound I-10 between the 55 Merge and I-310. 21 minutes along the stretch from Kenner to downtown. Slow traffic, St. Charles Parish area. Uh, between 310 and Power Boulevard right now. Eastbound I-10 Spillway, Laplace to Kenner is 37 minutes. Uh, again, dealing with that accident, I-10 East after the 55 merge. Uh, seeing a little bit of slow traffic, westbound I-10, read to the flyover, running about 10 minutes. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. The New Orleans Saints on the practice field for the first time this week in preparation for Sunday's home game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Noon in Caesar Superdome. Saints, Tampa Bay, Atlanta all 2-1. Carolina 0-3 in the NFC South. And of course, all eyes on Derek Carr today was out today, didn't throw, and he said he's going to do everything he can to be out there on Sunday. If he can play, he'll play. If he physically cannot, then he won't. He added that if he doesn't play, there's no fear of re-injury, no fear of being able to help the football team. Translation, my guess is he's not playing. My guess is they'll wait to make that determination. And if he doesn't, that's not all bad. You want to get him healthy enough. You want to make sure he's right, and you don't mortgage the season for one game. Jameis Winston is capable of stepping in and winning a game. We saw that in his first year here. No, I don't think he's as good as Derek Carr overall in managing an offense and doing the things that the team wants done, but he can make throws. And then, of course, there's the other part of the equation. You got Alvin Kamara back this week. That's a big jolt of energy because this guy, we all know what Kamara is, what he has been. Certainly enhances the team's running game, certainly enhances the team's passing game. And that's huge to have him back. So I do think that 
If you're asking me today the scenario surrounding Carr, I would say he won't play Sunday, but that he won't be out long, maybe two games at most. But that's just a guess based upon talking to some people that know a little bit about this injury, and let's see what transpires. Again, it's all guesswork at this particular point in time. Now, the Saints had seven players who did not practice today. Two of those were just rest. The veterans, Jimmy Graham and Ryan Ramchek. It was Ramchek who missed the block, which Carr got hurt on, by the way, where he got beat on the block attempt on that pass try. The other five who did not practice, a bit of a concern because Jordan Howden was one of those. Howden has a finger injury and did not practice, and Howden, of course, replaced Marcus May at safety with May being suspended, and he's still out for two more games. So if you don't have Howden and you're already without May, you got some problems at the safety spot. Also in the secondary, Paulson Adebo still out with that hamstring. Hamstring injuries tend to linger, and if they are to people who are playing the run positions, the skill positions of sorts, then serious, serious issues when you have a hamstring problem. And Adebo was still out. Also out was starting guard Cesar Ruiz. Concussion. You do have Andres Pete. You flipped Hurst to the other side when Pete entered. At least you've got depth and some experience in that spot. Foster Moreau remains out. Foster with that lingering ankle injury. Fortunately, Jimmy Graham filled the bill. Saints haven't gotten Jawan Johnson as involved yet as you would have thought, considering the year he's coming off of a year ago. He's a playmaker. And he's a guy that you figure is going to get more targets moving forward. Great to see Jimmy Graham get the ball in the red zone. He's still got that ability, and the Saints got in the ball. Carr put it right in there in a tight window and scored against Green Bay. As for the Buccaneers, they had six players who did not practice today as well. They include cornerback Jamel Dean, neck and shoulder problems, linebacker Sophia Dennis with a hamstring, defensive lineman Kalijah Kansi with a calf problem, cornerback Derek Pitts with a hamstring problem, their space-eating block-eating nose tackle, Vitavea, pectoral injury, and Devin White, the former LSU Tiger and linebacker with a foot injury. Note that three of the players on their injury list, though, which includes Carlton Davis, who was limited today with a toe problem, three of the players on the injury list are cornerbacks, which could be enticing to Jameis Winston or Derek Carr, depending on who gets the call, but got to think it's going to be Winston at least where we sit right now from the Saints perspective so that's the injury situation and the Saints and the Bucks. you look at this matchup and the Saints interestingly enough you know when you look at this game the Saints are a three point favorite right now Saints are minus 160 on the money line. The over-under is 40.5 points. And with the Saints these days, you better bet the under, right? I mean, last week I was dumb enough to think they were going to score on Green Bay with 
Green Bay's issues that they had on defense, but I also thought Green Bay would score. And, of course, neither happened. And they went under again. The reality of the situation is the Saints haven't scored, you know, more than 20 points in, what, 11 games? So they've held opponents to 20 or less in 11 straight games, and they've only won six of those 11, which speaks volumes about the lack of productivity that this offense has had. And unfortunately, it has continued on thus far this season. And that has got to change. In my estimation, they have enough weapons. I think Chris Olave is upper echelon in the league. Rashid Shahid is upper echelon speed. Top five, six in the league in that regard. Michael Thomas has done what you've asked him to do, what you want him to do. Stay healthy, catch the ball, positive yardage, move chains. He's done the job. I mentioned Jawan Johnson. Got to believe he'll get more involved. He can make plays. Jimmy Graham in certain spots, obviously. Taysom Hill, who I think, if Carr's out, should take an even larger role. I know it's a familiar theme, and we talk about Taysom quite a bit, but I'll say it over and over and over and over again. When Taysom Hill gets enough touches, he'll make a play. He always does. What I mean by that is upwards of 10 touches a game. And I think it's imperative for a guy that that kind of ability, and it's not just to run the football. It's not just to run a running play. He can make a throw or two, especially when defenses are looking for the run and you get man coverage. He can make plays. I just think the guy's got to get, you know, 10 touches either running the football, catching it or throwing it in every game, and plays can be made. And then there's Alvin Kamara, of course who gives you that additional playmaker and a threat. So I don't think the Saints are lacking playmakers. I don't think that's why this offense isn't scoring. I think familiarity with a new quarterback is part of it, but it all gets back to the same problem we keep talking about. Offensive line and offensive line play, or the lack thereof, which has simply been unacceptable. That's why Derek Carr's hurt. That's why they haven't run the ball consistently enough. Pass protection has been way below average. And Ryan Ramchak's not been the same player. And you can only hope that we're not seeing a guy on the back end because of a back, a knee, all of that, and the wear and tear, because he was really good. Trevor Penning is not that guy yet. I mean, he just isn't. You hope that the experience will help him. Keep in mind, he's basically a rookie. Played at the end of last year, and that was it. But we don't know yet. Cesar Ruiz got a contract extension. He's hurt now. Not sure that he deserved what he got. He had a fairly good year last year, but nothing special. Got the extension, much like Andres Pete did back in the day, and that didn't work out very well. Eric McCoy's been solid. He's not top tier in the league, but he's solid. And James Hurst is a journeyman guy. And Pete... If everybody's healthy, sits the bench, number one pick. Again, four number one draft picks and a very high number two on that offensive line. And they certainly haven't proven that they were worth the investment to this point. That has to change if this team wants to be what it thinks it can be and what it wants to be. Back with a final word in a moment here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. This season, your coffee orders are getting warmer 
and your outfits are getting cozier. The world keeps changing, and so does COVID-19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Babbel, language for life. And now try Babbel for free by texting RADIO to 64000. Text RADIO to 64000. To some, this might sound like a typical family dog. But at Dog Chow, we know that for a veteran suffering from PTSD, this could be the sound of life-saving therapy. Thanks, Betty. That's why we've made it our mission to connect every military hero in need with a canine hero of their own. To learn about the simple ways you can help Dog Chow in our mission, visit dogchow.com slash veterans. Sponsored by Purina. At Dudley DeBosier, most of our clients call within days of their injury. And that is so smart. Because if you wait, evidence gets lost, memories fade, deadlines get missed. And the insurance company can use that to pay less than you deserve. Don't let that happen. The sooner you call, the sooner we can get to work. And hopefully, the sooner you can put this accident behind you. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Call 444-4444. That's 444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans, LA 23-15654. Every 40 seconds a child is reported missing. Find the Children is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping find missing kids. You can be a part of their mission by donating your unwanted car. Call 1-800-775-5622. You'll receive the maximum tax deduction and we provide fast, free pickup. Call 1-800-775-5622. Donate your unwanted or unused car. Call 1-800-775-5622. This advertisement was paid for by Cars R Us and Find the Children. From local town councils to Capitol Hill, agents who are realtors are standing up for what's right. We're here protecting property rights, here advocating for the issues that affect our neighborhoods, here championing fair and equitable housing for all. Because we are realtors, bound by a code of ethics, driven to serve our communities. We're here for it all, here for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-8695. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-575-8695. That's 800-575-8695. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. 
always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. Close it out tonight, the Blazers training Dame Lillard to play with Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks as part of a three-team deal includes the Suns. Portland gets Drew Holiday.